I really thought you were going to say that he has to like, he like sets his iPhone to block his grinder account. Yeah. I, I, he, no joke. I mean, he may have talked about that. I haven't, you know, I've just heard him talk about it, you know, briefly on a couple podcasts because when he gets interviewed, people bring it up. Um, they bring up grinder. No, they bring up his openness to talking about hormone therapy. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is often controversial, but mostly in good faith. On today's show, we're going to discuss sex painting, how easy it is to feel objects up your asshole, Hmm. the effects of testosterone on sex drive, and more. Hmm. I'm Keith. My co-host is Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, Keith. That testosterone one is going to be a good one. Yeah, I think we're going to have a lot to say there, which is why I have I have some stuff there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we had a question from a listener that I think I think it's a repeat question. I I think I recognize the name. uh, Maybe I'm not sure. So this person asks. uh, They linked us to a tweet. Do you see it in our? Maybe this is different than the one I was thinking of. Uh, Okay. Why don't you? I don't have it in front of me, so why don't you okay. read it or whatever? If you click on this tweet, it says, These cave women dildos were found during a cave excavation in Germany. At 28,000 years old, they're believed to be the oldest sex toys. And I think it's important for you to see the picture of this, so you should click on that tweet. Okay. Uh, why don't you describe it to our listeners will, while I'm doing that? Let me, let me give the listeners questions first. The listener said, why is there so much variation in the size and shape of these 28,000-year-old dildos? So the listener brings up a good point. There's uh, six dildos pictured. Some of them are very long and narrow. Some of them are long and wide, and some of them are kind of short and wide. One of them is very tapered. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, one obvious answer might be they didn't have access or the ability to do uh, careful carving. And so this is the best they could do. But one, two, three, four, uh, actually all six have a pronounced, I would say, tip of the penis. And so they're they're definitely carving that part. So I, I think that sort of thro- throws the not having adequate tools reason out the window. I mean, yeah, there's some... <clears throat> There's a couple issues. One is that, I mean, a couple of these are, cl- you, you have to account for weathering over time. One would hope mm. that these were originally smooth just for <laughs> comfort purposes. Yes. Uh, I'm also assuming they're not mushrooms or something else that's being depicted there, although it certainly does seem to be a penis. It could be the penis of an animal in some cases. Yeah. They're okay, um, but the belief is these are sex toys, which, I mean, there'd be no way to know, right? Well, they're made out of stone, and I think they have evidence of carving. Do you think that stone, if you if you had to make a sex toy with what's available kind of in the environment, would you yeah. use, would stone be your first choice? No, uh, hmm. I'm thinking the maybe other options, bone. The other options, I think, are bone or wood, right? Mm, probably. The issue with so wood is splinters, and they're sort of dry. You know, they yeah. can, although you can you could lubricate it with water so that it might yeah. not be as rough as wood otherwise would be. The obvious thing would be some kind of polishable stone. 
Yeah. Because then it, well, it's polishable, so it's not going to, it's not going to be rough. Right. Marble or something. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess it's possible. I'm not sure that would be the top priority of a prehistoric civilization to make sex toys. You're skeptical um, that these are sex toys. I am skeptical. What do you think they are? Just uh, idols of, <laughs> of animal penises? Yeah. I mean, I was talking to a, a colleague recently who is Hindu and he told me that I have no way to know whether this is true or not, but he told me that in Hindu temples, because mm-hmm. it's very, you know, people imagine Hindu temples having, having a lot of kind of idol looking statues and like IDOL, like statues right in them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're gold or whatever. And he showed me a picture that was like, there were people like seated and there was like some guy with multiple heads and all these kind of crazy things. Well, he told me actually in the Hindu temples, the idols in there tend to be sex positions. And then right. I said to him, well, do you have any idols like that in your house? And he said, no, no, I just do it in the bedroom. Like meaning he's the idol. He's the statue in the bedroom with his dick, that's which I like. That, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, but so I, so I could imagine it being something like this. I do know that um, in, a, a, in ancient Rome, people would use statues of penises as um, uh, markers for where ter- territories a- ended. Like penises were often used for that. I also know having visited um, Pompeii, that penis, there's a lot of penis art. Uh, and it's not just graffiti, like penises were used to like point, you know, like, well, point to the brothel, for example, yeah. but there were penises, they're penises. Like they used yep. penises in a way we don't now because we're sort of Victorian. It's an obvious symbol. And so my first past thought would be some sort of religious icon, some kind of, okay, mm, yeah, some kind of direction finding thing. And maybe it would have been used sexually as well, but I just don't think, I'm skeptical that in ancient times like that, they had the same taboos around sex that we have that I think have built up culturally for various reasons. And so like, I think, I don't know, access to people, other people's private parts might've been actually easier then than it is now. Like there weren't as much, there weren't, there wasn't as much clothing, et cetera. So, <laughs> uh, okay. I suppose, I mean, it's tricky because we just have the pictures of these six and they're just sort of laid out and the, the mm-hmm. background actually is just black. So these seem like they've been collated from, from different pictures, perhaps. Uh, I presumed yeah. that the author of the tweet wasn't full of shit, but you bring up some good points there. Oh, I'm I believe sure. that they're believed to be the oldest sec- world's oldest sec, toy- sex toys. I'm just skeptical. Oh, sure. I'm not, I'm not sure are. I agree with the, like, I'd like why, to see the rest of the evidence. Why do the tips all look sort of circumcised? I guess when you pull back the foreskin, that's how penises look, even if you're not circumcised. Yeah. I mean, I think that you'd be depicting just like if you were depicting a vulva, you'd probably show more than just a slit or something. You you would include more structure. And I think when I, when I've seen kind of prehistoric depictions of women or whatever, they often, you know, these sort of like fertility type images, they, they, there's more shown there. It's like more stuff. Does that little knob do anything for women? Stimulate other than plunge out the last guy's semen, right? <laughs> Maybe these are actually like abortifacients or what? Abortifacients? They're like a way to abort a, a baby. I, probably not. No. Does it do anything for the woman? Um, I don't know. Like I've seen. Um, I recently saw a porn. Seen two different porns where women were sort of using the kind of rim on the guy's cock head in an interesting way. One was she was sort of like giving a blow in such a way that the, the, her lip would kind of go alternately across it. So it kind of popped her lip a little bit. And then I saw something similar with uh, her vag- a woman's vagina 
So there could be some uh, extra stimulation that a woman gets from kind of, sh- and like you do read about people saying, oh, you should take shallow strokes sometimes in PIV. Mm-hmm. And maybe the point of that is that like that region kind of applies more interesting friction to her labia. Um, okay. I'm not sure in deep penetration if it's going to do much and be very noticeable. Yeah. I, dildos that I've seen sometimes have uh, a mushroom head and sometimes don't. Yeah, there's often some kind of texture, and I'm not. I'm my general impression is that's not ultra important, right? Yeah, a yeah, feeling okay. of fullness, I think, being more important generally. But it's interesting. Yeah, it is notable that they would have added that detail, which I actually I have to say makes me again think it's more like they're trying to go for some sort of religious than practical. I think practically speaking, you would just want something that fills, you know, that goes in and it's the right size and it's smooth. So. Yeah. I mean, Tricky. what they really want is a vibrator, but they were these. If these are twenty eight thousand years old, they were twenty seven thousand nine hundred and fifty years away from. I don't know. Really I think you needed. could. I saw a porn with two women. Well, it's not a vibrator. One of the women was using a paintbrush on the mm-hmm. clit of the other, and that seemed mm-hmm. like it could be compelling, like the, the the like the tip of the paintbrush, and that could be made prehistorically with like. Um, you know, some kind of like a uh, horse hair or straw blades of grass. Sure. I think or it's typically animal hair, hair. animal yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, vibrating, like there are probably ways to produce vibration, whether it's like some sort of musical instrument or like something involving a water wheel. It's not impossible. I think it is effectively impossible. You need small vibrations and they need to be pretty rapid. So a water wheel is not going to work for that. That's sort of interesting. So you think that a woman pre say women pre say 1850, there was just no, like there was no woman who knew. How do you think vibration was discovered then? Like what would your thought be as like an effective? I don't know. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things like the man who ate the first chicken egg. What was he thinking? Uh, That's a little more obvious because animals, I mean, like, like a, yeah, like a, what is it? The fox in the hen house or whatever. I guess they're eating the hen, but you know what I mean? They're animals that eat eggs. So you I think women, when you see women masturbate, they'll often move their hand very quickly over their clit. So I think as soon as okay. like electric, as soon as electric motors became a thing, I think it was a hop, skip and a jump to vibrators. So your guess is that sometime in say 1890 or 1880, sometime in that time for maybe between 1880 and 1900 was the first time a woman was vibrated in the world. <laughs> I guess I am hypothesizing that. Yeah, I think motors came substantially before that, though, right? Uh, well, just, not a, just, yeah, let's say broadly, broadly. Not, a, sure. not electric motors, but no, it would be electric. They they were electrifying uh, stuff in New York City uh, before that. I think I know, but not uh, that that long before that. Sure, that's true. But uh, so I'm going to go with I think that it's likely it happened far before that. Uh, either a Chinese invention, like their invention of the gun of gunpowder, yeah. it wouldn't have been electric. It would have been some sort of like very clever mechanical device, or even like Greek Roman, that far back. I've got to think someone yeah. figured this out. Like you're, even you're think right. about an uh, an egg beater. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you wouldn't want an egg beater pressed against your clit. You mean but, the you mean the mechanical egg beater? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like that device could be made. Something like that could be made to create a turn a knob. Yeah, and yeah, and I mean the, the the thing. I have a suspicion that women. Ah, gosh, it's hard to know. Like before the modern world, if a woman would know 
if vibration was effective. Certainly in the modern world, I think women, you know, there's like uh, the rope in gym class. Uh, they're sitting on the the bus on the like the what is it the school bus and the right. if you sit on the seat that's above the wheel, right? You get extra vibration. Yeah, yeah, or the subway car or whatever. Like there are these things that give girls like some instant some inkling. There's something special there. But I've got to think there's some prehistoric or like pre modern version of that. I, oh yeah, like a, like actually like a, oh like what about a horse? I've I actually know I've known a woman who told me that when she rides horses. And she told me that she'd had an orgasm before riding a horse bareback. Huh. Now, she, she could have been lying. Also naked? Not stated, but I'm assuming not. But that would that matter if you're wearing like, because I mean, typically you'd wear yeah, tight fitting. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is going to be kind of like something kind of vibrating on that that's area. That's not really vibrating. It's, that's more smashing. Well, I don't know exactly what was happening. I could... I don't either. Sort of reluctant to go ask her because it's been some time, <laughs> but we could do some research in this area for science, Mike. Yeah. All right. Let's. But it seems let's, possible anyway. Let's move on here. Sure. Uh, I wanted to briefly talk about this yoni egg. So I met oh. a, Yanni. I don't know how to pronounce this. I met a person on a. It's dating it's app. Yoni. There was a a friend of our family had her daughter when she was like between age two and six called the vagina, the Yoni. Okay. And it was sort of irritating because it's like, that's what she thought the word was for it. And it's like, right. Okay. So we have to use this euphemistic language. Like I'm not really a fan of that, but I went along with it. Yeah. Not that it came up that often listeners, but I mean, a <laughs> couple, like twice it happened. Yeah, whatever. Right. Why are you touching my Yoni? Right. Uh, yeah. I think children often come up with, sort of fake words and then it was the mom it was the mom that did it the parents it will a, yeah. i mean if the child comes up with their own constructed language word a lot of times the parents will think it's cute you know if they mispronounce yeah. spaghetti or something gaspetti or you know whatever it is and then like the parents think it's cute and then it becomes like part of the family's vocabulary and i that bothers me for some reason yeah but um, this was definitely the mom being uh overbearing uh bay area mom pushing some language on a kid, but let's talk about the yoni egg. Right. So this person told me that they're uh, like a, a sexual healing coach or something. She says, uh, I help women with sexual healing and sexual awakening. I lead one in one in group courses with the jade egg. So that caused this me is to... someone you talked to. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I've not met. Okay. Uh, so anyway, I looked up the jade egg, and then the thing that I linked you, and, and we'll provide this, dear listeners, in the show notes, is a uh, jade egg or a or a yoni egg uh, from goop.com, which is Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow's, uh, what would you call it, a wire cutter for uh, coastal elites. Yeah, it's like it's like everything costs five hundred dollars or more. And in case you aren't aware, Gwyneth Paltrow was the actress in Shakespeare in Love, and I think has done nothing since, <laughs> but somehow is still in the public consciousness because of her marriage to the Coldplay singer, etc. I think that uh, is that right? Well, I mean, it is true she was in Shakespeare in Love. In fact, did she win an I Oscar think that's for it. that? Whatever, but I think that was it. No, there is something that she is much better known for. Do you not know? What? You probably don't know what it is. She was in all of the Avengers movies. She was Tony Stark's oh my Lord. assistant. <laughs> she Pepper was who? Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts was her name. Who's that? 
She's Tony Stark, Iron Man's assistant. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, How many like, of those our movies listeners, have you... Our listeners are generally not in their 40s and 50s. And so, I mean, Shakespeare in Love came out, what, in the 90s at some point? Like, most of our listeners probably weren't even born when that came out. Watch Shake the Avengers movies are just absolute crap, <laughs> and I I hesitate to ask, but how many Avengers movies have you seen, Keith? Uh, I think they're up into the forties now. How many? Oh, are they really? I believe so. Yeah, you've got to be kidding me. Is yeah. that true? Yeah. The, well, not uh, the MCU movies, Marvel comic universe. Yeah, I think they're up into the forties. Wow. And if you include episodes of TV shows, like. Maybe hundreds. In, in any so case, how many? How many of those forty of you think you've seen? I watched them pretty religiously up until uh, the Thanos ones. Did you? I don't, I, no, I don't. I mean, Thanos is probably going to have something to do with death because of I just know the <laughs> word. But he was the villain played by yeah. uh, Josh Brolin, I believe. And okay, the plot of one of the movies was he had to acquire he did something called the snap and he snaps his fingers and half of all living organisms in the universe die and this is the the end of one of the movies it's like a cliffhanger so ha- so half the avengers die half of all of the superheroes die half of all humans it was unclear if it applied to bacteria or various ecosystems it's all the universe though does it have it instantly yes and that was I mean, the end of that movie. And you know, it's hang a little- on, hang on, hang on. I have a problem with that though, because that would the the fact of that happening could only propagate at the speed of light, so it couldn't mm-hmm. happen instantly everywhere in the universe. I mean, in a universe with superheroes, I think the laws of physics have already okay, been fine. conceded. So I, I'm not sure it would have to propagate at the speed of light. Okay, so he snaps uh, his finger. What happens to their for bodies? the director? Unclear. I don't remember. Anyway, and okay. then at the end of the next movie. They somehow resurrect everybody and Tony Stark dies, Iron Man dies, and they do fucking 45 minutes of funeral and just tear jerking bullshit about Tony Stark. After they're resurrected? Well, no, he dies. They resurrect everybody and then there's some final battle and Iron Man dies. But the irony of like the previous movie ending, I don't know, irony, the, the, the... the uh, inconsistency of the previous movie, half of all organisms of the universe dying and it just being like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And then when Tony Stark dies, you know, they're playing the violin for 45 minutes was just, I, anyway, that was it for me. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I probably watched 25 it, That was them. it for you. That I know, was it for you. Like, you look, didn't. I'm not yeah. proud. I did this whole story because I know it's preposterous. There were yeah. hundreds of reasons to dismiss these movies much sooner than that. Uh, yeah, this doesn't sound like The Godfather. It sounds like something less quality. Than that. <laughs> yes, okay, these are so, not the cinema- cinematic mess. So Gwyneth Paltrow was in Shakespeare in Love, and then in like some sort of series of just absolute trash movies that people should be ashamed of themselves for having watched, and now makes jade eggs on some website called Goop that probably cost sixty right. to eighty dollars, even though the materials to make how them much probably this, cost five dollars. This jade egg is sixty six dollars, but it's on a final Good. sale and is uh, non returnable. Now, for our listeners that don't know what a yoni egg, jade egg is, uh, that it's non-returnable should be pretty, well, okay. Here's what a yoni egg is. A yoni egg harnesses the power of energy work, crystal healing, and a kegel-like physical practice. Insert the egg into your vagina and feel the connection with your body by squeezing and releasing the egg. How to use. Step one, wash your egg. All right, let it, let it cool. That's good. Good Seriously? tip. Letting it cool. Yeah. Step two, 
gently insert the egg into your vagina, like you would a tampon, the slightly larger side of the egg first. Work your pelvic okay. floor and feel the connection with your body by squeezing and releasing the egg. You might begin with a 10 to 15 minute session if comfortable. Build up a practice if it brings you joy and well-being in you. And then step three, clean the egg again. So you're supposed to clean it before and after use. Now, Mike, what is this even hypothetically doing? Forget the the energy healing and the, the, the crystal bullshit. What, what muscle is being exercised here and what potential benefit might that have to either the woman it's, or her partner? It's really hard to, 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 you know, exclude the benefits of the crystal healing in the new age. <laughs> I know. I know. We're, we're really depends on what you're, left with very little here. What your Zodiac sign is matters a lot here. I learned that my Zodiac sign is one of the more lovable Zodiac signs. That's great. Yours, of course, one of the least. <laughs> um, and uh, so it goes along with that, but this this is going to be something that a woman might do for urinary urinary incontinence. Sorry, it helps with and it or helps. Yeah, it helps you be more. No, it would help with it. I mean, you're 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 basically working your pelvic floor muscles, which is not. There's nothing wrong with that. You can do that as a man, by the way, too. I mean, it's just sort of you can tense up the muscle yes. that you use to stop the flow of urine. Right. Um, obviously, yeah. No, no, not bear down. Bear. Bearing down is like you're pushing poop out. Oh, okay. We've discussed this before. This is yeah. the thing that's stopping the poops. You're, you're you're slamming your anus shut. So let's say you're in prison and you don't <laughs> want to be raped. So right. that one. Yeah, okay. pucker, don't bear pucker. down. That's the opposite. Exactly. Bearing down is what you would do if you were going to go ahead and let. Bearing down is what is recommended more or less when receiving anal sex. Thanks for the In tip. any event. Um, so to speak. Yeah. In any event, uh, for a woman... Yeah, I mean, it's more relevant as an exercise for two reasons. One, because of incontinence. So you can sort of, I think, tighten up the muscles around there and maybe improve your bladder control. And the second one is uh, for uh, increased muscularity during sex. Like is a real, I mean, I think that's a real thing. Okay. Increased muscularity during sex. Can we- You know, increased ability to sort of squeeze his penis. That implies yeah. that there are material differences in perceived tightness from vagina to vagina. I think that a woman who, I, I mean, I, okay, I don't have any scientific data on this, but I have, it makes sense to me and I have every indication that there are things a woman can do that like, say, let's say that you put a, you had a device that would measure how tightly it's being squeezed that was say two finger widths across and you could mm -hmm. put them in different women's vaginas, they could change that across say 60 days through some sort of course of exercise. Like I, my, my impression is that is actually true. So I, I don't I, have any, I can't uh, give you hard data on it though. When I am inside a woman and she clenches, I can feel it. Yes. But a woman doesn't spend much of a sexual encounter clenching. And an analogy here might be when I'm hard, I can sort of like use some muscles in my groin to like basically make my, my dick bounce, can mm -hmm. like sort of spring up or whatever. But I don't do that while, when I'm inside of a woman. I'm sure if I did, she could feel it. And I'm sure if I exercised that muscle, I could make it more, I don't know, maybe more pronounced, uh, get a bigger bounce. But I don't, I don't think that's particularly useful while, while having sex. And so for a woman to improve these clenching muscles... I just, I mean, what percentage, I mean, a woman can do it. It's sort of an interesting party trick, 
while having sex, but, but she can't like maintain it for long enough. And I'm not even sure if like making it so that it's hard to, you know, move my penis in and out is desirable in the first place. I don't think she can make it hard, but I want to, I want to, so, so one thing that you said, actually, I think correct something that I said earlier, it is true. I think that these muscles are the same muscles that are involved in male erection ejaculation stuff. So like, so that, that is like a, a, there would be a male sort of analog to the, um, the, 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 the female uh, vaginal tightness or something. So that's a good point. Uh, one thing that I don't think you're quite right about is you're talking, so you're thinking in terms of the guy purposely kind of uh, willing his penis to kind of bounce or be tighter or whatever. And that's a thing you can kind of do. And it's the same muscles that are tensed during orgasm, right? We agree on yeah. that. Like you're, yeah. you're sort of, yeah. Um, one thing that I don't know if you've noticed or not is that when you masturbate, it's more noticeable when you masturbate. I'm sure it's true when you're doing PIV sex or getting a blowjob or something. Um, those muscles tense also. You know, maybe you're, there's other stuff going on, so it may be a little bit difficult for you to notice it. But I think if you pay attention carefully to what your penis is doing when you stroke it and then stop, I think you'll notice that there is, it's not to the same degree, but there is a certain amount of tensing of, the, of that musculature that takes place when you start rubbing. And so okay. that suggests to me there may also be an, I don't know, again, I have no data on this, but there may be an ambient sort of tight, tightness or some kind of a bear, uh, this is, tightening of those muscles that happens on the female side when you start having exactly- where I wanted to go here. Can a okay. woman do something that increases the passive tightness of her vagina? It seems possible because uh, by analogy, and again, I don't really know, and I'm not sure how you would even in a principled way measure this, but it's, I, I can tell you that for my body, yeah, there is some sort of musculature change that is provocable that I'm sure a woman would detect while giving a hand job or a blow job, maybe not PIV, because it gets like something tightens when I start, you know, when you start the action and it loosens up when you stop the action and it's not, uh, voluntary. And I've just noticed it before when paying attention. I don't my know if it sounds like maybe you have not noticed that. My intuition here is that I don't even exactly know what you're describing there. Like I'm just saying my... when you start stroking your pe- uh, guy's penis, yeah. it gets like, it gets a little more erect at that period. And it's actually, the guy can feel it. If you, if you can sort of detach there's like multiple of sensations going on at once, but if you can sort of focus on that taint area yeah. <laughs> mentally and sort of say, am I t- more tense in that area right now than I was five seconds ago? You are. And it's I think not- five seconds one- is the wrong unit of time, but yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well- what, what do you think is the right unit? Oh, you mean when I'm orgasming or just passively no, when I'm aroused? Pass- when you're, but when you're actually start, let's say you have an erection, but then you go back and forth between rubbing your penis and not. I'm saying that it, that musculature gets tighter when you start rubbing. Oh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Maybe. Yeah. It's just, so I could see an analogy. The, the, the feelings is a little bit tricky. It is tricky. And I, but I've paid attention to this carefully, at least in my okay. body, I'm quite confident that takes place. And it's sort of interesting because it's like you, there's this tightening that happens and I'm sure that women can detect it because they don't have all those other sensations to, yeah. you know, contend with. So they can say, oh yeah, when I do this, it tightens. I'm sure women would agree with this in general. I mean, if it is true. I mean, if it is true that there are material differences in tightness in women's vaginas, and it's true that it matters, and it's true that you can train it mm-hmm. to be better, uh, then why isn't this like some sort of like international bestseller? Maybe it is. Well, okay, a couple of things. The the second thing you said, 
whether it matters. That one I think is extremely debatable. I don't think because, it does. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's kind of a minimal delta that <clears throat> yeah, is not super important. Um in terms of an that bestseller, look the the Kegel sorry, the 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 Yoni egg is kind of irrelevant, right? That's just some nonsense she's selling you. You can do this without jamming something up your vagina. You can just do it. Without, it sounds it, like it, it's not you're relevant. supposed to use your muscles to help this egg like shimmy up and shimmy down, but yeah, it's like Benoit balls or whatever. There's not enough copy here to know exactly what's being prescribed. Look, you can, uh, I used to have a set of, um, you know, those balls you can get in Chinatown that you like put in your hand and you can roll them around and there's like a ball and there's another ball inside and it kind of jingles mm-hmm. when it, and you can do it with those too. Uh, and those are really cheap. Of course they probably, I mean, I'm certain they're just painted with lead. They're probably just made of lead painted with lead. So that's a little bit of a downside. There's probably, maybe there's liquid mercury on them for all I know. But uh, the point is you don't need a $60 item to do this. You oh, can- yeah. I mean, there's the the, the uh, those Thai sex shows where they do something similar with ping pong balls, right? Yeah, there you go. And I don't really know that a uh, an object is necessary because the object would just be indicating whether you're tensing the muscle. And I don't think that's actually that ambiguous. Like it's people know how to tense that muscle because they right. know how to finish pooping. Like it's not confusing. Right. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about sex painting. Um, this person says, has anyone else tried sex painting with their partner? Uh, sex painting or love painting, I prefer sex painting, is when you and your partner make make love on a large blank canvas covered in paint. Then you frame it and hang it in your house. Uh, my wife and I tried it after being inspired by this blog post. I feel like not many people know about it, despite it being crazy fun, invigorating, and intimate experience with your partner. We also learned a ton from doing it our first time, and I wanted to give my advice. So they go on. They cleared the Saturday. They sent their kids to the grandparents. They got intimate items such as wine, candles, music, toys, and takeout. Uh, and then they talk about keeping things clean by like getting, you know, putting a tarp down. And then, yeah, I guess you just basically get a canvas, and then they have some sort of body-safe paint. Does this sound compelling at all? This sounds like a, a nightmare to me. It sounds like that. something that a guy would do to convince a woman to have sex. He's trying to like make it more interesting. And like, yeah. I mean, I of course clicked on the link. We you know, the Reddit post that this is from will be on in the show notes. But I mean, the painting I see doesn't look like something made during sex. Like I would expect the typical painting generated this way to just be basically a big picture of the chick's ass. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're a missionary, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's just her slide. That would be the typical, a little bit, or like, yeah, you could have her ass, and then like two two things next to it that are her knees when when you did it in doggy. Like, it's not. I mean, I don't. I think it's the point being that I think it would sort of leave little to the imagination. Like, yeah. it's not. I mean, there's only a few possible things that could be on it, and they'll either be just sort of nothing. This painting they're showing. I mean, if people want to look, they can click on it. Like just looks like a modernist kind of tie-dye that's all blue with some lines drawn across it. Like it doesn't look anything like sex yeah, to me. Yeah, I think if you smush around enough, it's going to make whatever. It reminds well, me, there's, there's, yeah, there's okay. a, the, my family lives in Pittsburgh and there's a zoo there that has, actually it's an aviary that has sloths for some reason. Uh, anyway, these sloths do paintings that they sell in the gift store. Hmm. And, uh, 
yeah, I mean, they're not super, I mean, if you like abstract art, maybe you can divine some meaning from them, but they're not, they're non, non-representational. Yeah. They're unimpressive, I would yeah. say, but yeah, they make a killing selling these sloth paintings, especially if you can watch the sloth doing the painting that, that you buy. Anyway, this just sort of looks like that. It's, it's, it's garbage. I am reminded, uh, my, fr- my freshman year of college, uh, some guys in my dorm room hired a stripper to come. Oh, and this was, you know, very exciting stuff for us because uh, most of us were eighteen. I was seventeen at the time, so it's probably not even legally allowed to be in the room with the stripper. But yeah, she came into one of my buddies' dorm rooms, and she had some glow in the dark paint that she put on her breasts. And then she she stamped posters basically for like all of us in the room, and then we all hung them up in our dorm rooms for you know the, the months after that. I thought that was a pretty good gimmick. What? So let me understand this. So it was glow in the dark. Does that mean the lights were off? Uh, I don't remember if while she was doing the painting, the lights were off. I don't. I don't remember. I'm trying to understand whether there was a circle jerk. There was not. Okay. And, uh, of course I would say that if there were, but there wasn't. Yeah. She just danced around. Was she full, na- full nude? She was not. How much did this cost? I mean, this I doesn't remember. sound like a very good I, deal. I think okay. I was not terribly enthusiastic about this because I'd never seen a stripper before. I was kind of a square in college. And so I was like, you know, what if the RA finds out we're going to get in trouble? Maybe this will go on our permanent record. You know, hmm. I was probably being that kind of worry wart. But in the end, my hormones got the better of me. And I, and was I it, it was anyway. a co-ed dorm, right? It was, but we were separated by floor. And so okay. I don't remember. I think the girls, I mean, the girls found out and then they were kind of annoyed and disgusted, which was probably a fair response to me that, well, to me, that would be, I mean, I think in the, in this day and age, the, that would be the great fear is, uh, some kind of, it's not me tooing, but something like that, right? That you, you somehow be, are culpable of some kind of mild yeah. sex crime for doing yeah. this. Yeah. I would expect that this kind of thing would carry a lot more risk than it did back then. Yeah. Like in kind of irrationally. So, I mean, but yeah, like, oh, you've exploited her. Uh, I mean, what if this person, what if a fraternity had a stripper come and then like some of the brothers complained that they were, they were made to feel sexually uncomfortable. I, I could imagine some sort of disciplinary action coming because of that. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea how that kind of thing would be managed now. The only thing I think is it would be managed badly, but okay. So she had (laughs) glow in the dark and she made, so yeah, that sounds like a better, a better, was it obvious on these posters that that's what they they were? Yeah. It was basically, you've seen in porn when the woman's in a, in a shower with a glass door and she smashes her ass or her, her boobs against the, against the glass yeah. and it, it, it kind of get pressed up. Yeah. It, it left that kind of impression, but there was a pronounced nipple nipples. Hmm. Yeah, it was, we I mean, were that pre- feels, we were all pretty proud. I think at some point we had to take down the posters. <laughs> I mean, this was like a coup getting this, getting this done. I mean, we needed somebody, I think who was 21 to, to order her in the first place. And, you know, and then we had to like get the money together. You know, none of us had that much. Anyway, we, we were, you know, intrepid. That's pretty impressive. And, and made That's it a pretty happen. impressive uh, thing you pulled off there. Uh, yeah, but of course, the important thing here. So, I mean, this is like, yeah, you're looking here for the female equivalent of a guy wanting to have porns running in the background. 
or I like I've suggested to people because there's a lot of negatives about say chatterbait these cam sites but one of the positives is that most of the time the top one of the say one of the top 3 acts on chatterbait at all the, at all times is a somewhere between totally dressed and totally undressed but not like with a fuck machine fucking her up the ass like it's not really hardcore mm-hmm. but just like very young and attractive woman and and when i say yeah. top i just mean the one the one if you go to chatterbait or one of these sites like the top slots are are typically occupied by just whoever has the most viewers. And so I've thought, oh, you could have, you could imagine having like a TV in your house or in your room or whatever that just has this running all the time. And like you could, somebody could, it could be arranged so that the feed is never the the fuck machine or like the Eastern European chick getting plowed by seven guys or that woman in Colombia who, people who watch Chatterbait like I do know what I'm talking about, who's in that room that looks like a kitchen and there's like three guys kind of circulating around and they just slap their dicks on her face all the time like that not that one right just like the really pretty girl who's in her seemingly in her bedroom and like undresses then redresses and people give her tips and like you could imagine having a tv all the time that has that running and i think though basically every guy i've said this idea to makes fun of me i actually think a substantial percentage of guys would enjoy having that uh, available on tv maybe i'm wrong that's a male kind of thing. A woman wants this weird abstract painting that they can like say, oh, that I, it's like secret. It's like, oh, that I know that was made by sex, but no one else coming to our house knows that or something. Or that, that's what they're looking yeah. for, right? Is this thing that has yeah. a memory attached, but is hidden. And that's not at all what a guy wants, I think. Yeah. I was trying to think if the trophy of this, I mean, if, if I made it with like a super hot woman, it, it might be like an interesting trophy, I guess. But mm-hmm. it wouldn't have any intrinsic value to me. Uh, yeah, because it's well. I mean, for a woman, though, you see, it's like a sign. It's like a secret symbol of your coupling or some crap like that. I see. <laughs> Something so that put, I have trouble not having contempt for. <laughs> yeah, you put this up in your living room and you like dare people to ask you what it is. They wouldn't even want that. It just you know, it's just us. It's our special thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Um, this one is weird. I think we don't need to s- discuss this for too long, but uh, you have more. It's, it's about anal, but you have uh, a little bit more of intuition about this than me. Uh, anyway, all right. mm, boyfriend pleasures yeah. my ass, but I didn't realize he actually fingers me. My boyfriend is 23 and I, 21, we're talking about our sex. When we are doing doggy, I ask him to stimulate my butthole by rubbing it with his thumb. We've never okay. had anal had anal because i don't think i'm prepared to take it up there but i'm down for the idea he just told me while he stimulates my ass that he actually slips in his thumb this really surprised me because i've never felt him put it in there we have laughed so hard because i thought he was lying (laughs) newsflash he may be he may well be but he can actually (laughs) put his thumb in there i seriously don't think he was able to do it this has been going on for months and i didn't realize he assumed that i really liked having his thumb in there because i would keep asking him to stimulate it but I just didn't realize he actually puts, puts his thumb in there. By the way, I'm comfortable with him doing it. I'm just more surprised that I couldn't feel it in me. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the consent police probably came along in the comments here. So that's why she edited that in. Right. Uh, she asks, is it weird I couldn't feel his thumb in me? So my intuition is if someone was pushing uh, on or around my asshole versus going you know, half a knuckle deep with their thumb... Uh, I would, uh, 
I would be able to tell the difference between those two things. Like I would have before I read this, I would have been certain of it. And I'm still as a Bayesian, I've adjusted my prior, but I'm still pretty sure that I would be able to feel it. Uh, what is what are your feelings here? Yeah, I mean, I so I think a man would. Uh, I mean, a there are like, you think there's a yeah, sex there are two. Here. Yeah, there are two sphincters there, right? There's the one you have more conscious control over and the one that's sort of unconsciously controlled that's further in. And so there, you'd be wondering what's being penetrated there. But is that true? There's like two locks. Yes, I didn't know that. Okay. Yes, that's why. Like you can, you can be in one of the, in a very uncomfortable situation where the the inner lock that your body. First of all, you can have a situation where you're pretty sure you need to go to the bathroom, but you can't get it out, and that can relate to for whatever reason, like the the one you don't have complete conscious control over uh-huh. what's going on there. Um, of course, you can always sort of jack it open with your hand or a device if you need to, um, but uh, or someone else's hand or tongue or whatever. But the um, mm, you can also be in the uncomfortable situation where the inner one starts opening, and then 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 you're in what I would typically consider an emergency, where you're like <laughs> the only thing between your poop and the outside world is like the consciously controlled sphincter that you're madly holding closed with your, uh-huh. okay. all your and might, gonna- and that's. You're going to speculate the distance between the inner and outer is. Oh, it's very small, very minor. And so, yeah, so, so, I mean, look, it's possible that he's mistaken about what he's doing, but I think it's more likely that this is, relates to a gender difference where because women are being penetrated in sex and the organs are closer together, I think that the, I I think it's true that the, the stimulations can get kind of mixed and confusing. It's not as. I mean, look, think about it this way. Like if the primary stimulation you get as a man during sex is on the head of your penis, mm-hmm. well, for me at least, the head of my penis is like, I don't know, 27, 28 inches away from my anus. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, let's say it's, but it's probably 12, uh, 12 inches, maybe? Uh-huh. Something, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's a significant distance. The head of your anus. penis so, from the entrance to your anus. Okay. While I have an erection. It's pretty far. I mean, if you figure your taint is like four or five inches and then yeah. whatever your okay. penis but is, so what's it might be a the point here. The point is that like you, the, you know, the neural stimuli are kind of far from each other for a man. Whereas for a woman, particularly oh. if you're not talking about the clit, like I don't think she's going to confuse the clit with the anus, but it, but if you take a woman and you blindfold her and you are playing around in that area, it might be difficult for her to know whether you're pushing down in her vagina or up in her anus a little bit. I mean, obviously if it gets big and rough and stuff, it's not going to be confusing, but like for something like a thumb that's pretty small and it's lubricated, like, yeah, I think it could be a little ambiguous for her. So it just feels like pressure and stuff like that. And you don't have, once you get a little bit inside the body, you don't have that much tactile sensation anyway. Um, Otherwise, like you don't feel as you're, pooping, you don't feel every nook and cranny of the crap going through your rectum, right? You just sort of feel a fullness. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, sadly, of course, it would be pretty cool to feel every crater of the feces. Do you think that there is only a sex difference here? Or do you think this woman might be particularly oblivious or insensitive? Is it insensitive or unsensitive? I think unsensitive. unsensitive. Insensitive would be like uncaring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I didn't know but if the, unsensitive yeah. was a word. Well, it's not really. It's not common. It's okay, though. Yeah, I mean, I think that she's. Uh, I, 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 I would think that a woman could differentiate these things. I just think it's. I mean, I've encountered this kind of thing somewhat frequently, where a woman's like not 
totally sure what's going on in that region. And I think it's just, I mean, the distance between the absolute bottom of her vulva and her anus is like a centimeter. So yeah, yeah I mean, it can be a little tricky. You like can imagine confusion and sensation. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's just, she just generally feels sort of full. She knows he's touching her anus. The thing she's a little confused about is like whether he's touching it or whether he's put something right. that's frankly not very big. Now, if he put his penis in there, I think then, yeah, it would be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, we've been setting aside that this could all be him gaslighting her so that he can sodomize right. her. But I mean, generally, if, if also like, I mean, I've, I think read things from women where they say if they've been double penetrated, say by a dildo and a penis or two dildos or whatever, it can be a little unclear to them which one's moving. Yeah. Like they don't exactly know what's going on. I mean, once you have, once you've sort of gone through the process of taking the larger object. Being stretched like, out. Right. Exactly. Like it's not totally clear what's going on, which makes sense to me. I mean, there's not, it's right. all kind of in the same area. Let's move on. Cause I want to talk about sex chemicals. All right. So I have two things, each about a paragraph each that I want to read. All right. First one says, my wife has gone sex crazy. My wife and I have been together for 25 years. We've always had pretty good sex life. About four months ago, she started bioidentical hormone replacement therapy testosterone. Mm. She has turned into a nympho. It's unbelievable. She wants sex all the time, two to three times a day for hours on. It's the most incredible thing ever. New kinks are showing up or having massive amounts of anal sex. Gosh, has this ever opened up a new reality for us? I think you need to say even. Anyone else experience the same? What have you guys done to take things to a new level now that my life wife is basically up for anything? All right, that's person one. Person two, girlfriend is taking steroids and becoming the man between us. My girlfriend and I are both into fitness. Not long ago, she started bodybuilding, which I support fully. She started using steroids, which I still support, but it's having an effect on our sex life. She's becoming extremely dominant in and out of the bedroom to the point where I just feel emasculated sometimes. <laughs> I've talked to her about it, but it seems almost like she gets off on emasculating me sometimes. Her clit, her clit is slowly growing. It's going to become the size of China's pretty soon. The top comment, in all seriousness, she's likely on Avenar or Clen. If it's having those side effects, the dosage is likely too high. In all seriousness, has her clit enlarged, more hair? How's her blood work? How long is her cycle and how deep into it is she? Anyway, I don't, I don't steroid know. steroid people, you know, like this is, I mean, there are subreddits for this. I can't name them off for you because I haven't read any of them recently. I'm, uh -huh. I've never uh, partaken in any of these drugs, but like, Steroids are extremely common. Like basically, if you see a guy in the gym who looks kind of a little too muscular, he's on steroids. Like the odds are basically 100%. You think that's Occam's razor? Oh, yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, well, you can just read. You can find so much information about this crap online. Uh, people are able to get these drugs, whether they're overseas or whatever. They're not, it's not, they're controlled, but they're not controlled like if you're trying to bring in, you Are know, they bad for you? oxycontin or something yeah of course why uh i mean they well there are all sorts of problems i'm not i'm not i'm not a good i don't want to like name i mean i things. look i obviously know the psas we've all seen and read and heard about the various terrible side effects of taking steroids yeah. but uh i'm not i don't know how to vet whether or not those things are true or not like, can you, is there some amount of steroid taking that can make you a substantially healthier person? I don't know the answer. I mean, because like, I can imagine biological systems, there is. yeah, with biological systems, it's always hard to answer questions like that. I mean, look, Arnold Schwarzenegger is still alive and that guy took a lot of steroids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he might still. This is just an anecdote. 
Yeah. Uh, well, they're all going to be anecdata like well, that. And, I mean, what ab- and, and what about things like HGH, human growth hormone, or testosterone? Like, is there some amount that actually makes you healthier? I mean, we know- It just the, depends on what, you know, a lot of it's people- It's complicated because healthier is a really loaded term, right? Because you've got, you know, let's say, let's say I give you a drug that 95% chance will make you well, let's say you took one of those like Wagovi type drugs. So, yeah. and, and let's, this is not the case for those drugs, but let's just the say there was a drug GLP-1 like that. one inhibitor, these, these yeah, weight, weight loss drugs that are very popular right now. The Ozempic right. is the other big one. Yes. And let's say that I told you there was a 95% chance it would lower your BMI to 22 or 21. Uh-huh. And there was a 5% chance you would die that would be instantly. An in- increase in BMI for me. So is that a, uh, is that a, is that improving your health or not? that 5% chance you die. Like that's, see, this is the problem. It's like, so if I told you that HGH and testosterone increase your cancer risk, like does that, is that okay? I mean, cause if you don't get cancer, yeah, it may have helped you. Okay. I look like smoking might help you if you don't get cancer. Let me rephrase the question. Yeah. I know there are side effects of taking drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's side effects of not taking drugs. The side effects of, uh, steroids in particular are so well known and so scare tactic that mm-hmm. I I suspect that the reality is somewhere a little bit different from there. And yeah, like if if you're a person who goes to the gym five days a week, is there some light steroid schedule you can get on that will make your gym results better, your probability of getting injured a little bit less, and your recovery time a little bit shorter? I don't know. I'm I'm just speculating here. Probably. Um, I but it would have yeah. some kind of side it would have some risk of things like cancer or like thinning of certain tissue yes, but, that but so would being know. in less good shape. That's true. No, that's true. That's true. Right? I'm not so yeah, like, I'm not, you don't yeah. It's it's hard to know what where things net out. Um That's true. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the sex consequences here. So, you know, I've read about roid rage uh, and you know, people on steroids courses, let's talk about steroids first, then we'll get to testosterone. I've read about roid rage where, you know, men get, uh, much more irritable when they're on steroids courses to the point where they, you know, might be dangerous. There could be more partner abuse and things like that. Um, but this, this side effect that this man wrote about where his girlfriend is taking steroids and now she's, I don't know. She thinks he uses the word emasculating. She's trying to humiliate him in bed or she's becoming extremely dominant in and out of the bedroom. I don't, I don't care about the out part, uh, but the in part is is sort of interesting. I'm, I'm trying to imagine what, yeah, the experience of, of being someone that had like sort of the standard uh, submissive woman partner for a decade. And then, you know, suddenly she shows up and she's, you know, he-man. That, that sounds uh, potentially, as he says, emasculating. Yeah. And I think it would be, um, let, let me see. I think that a woman would be less reluctant than a man to act that out in certain ways because they've been socialized that basically a woman can do virtually anything sexually and be okay, right? Because female, typically women are going to be more submissive and they're going to be less sort of forward sexually. And so it's like, they're not going to have a social taboo with their husband of sort of going for it in my view. So like when, when they get those feelings, like, yeah, they'll probably kind of act Okay. You're, you're saying a man might ask for consent and a woman because of various cultural and social factors might just do. 
Yeah, for sure. Like they wouldn't <laughs> see that as necessary. Sure. That might be right. Yeah. And the guy, yeah, the guy who, I don't know. I mean, yeah, for a guy, it's a little bit different because if he's taking steroids, first of all, I mean, the reality is he'll probably get more access to women because he'll be more, more muscular and that's going yeah, to like raise his attractiveness. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, which is, I don't know what percentage of guys who take steroids do it for that reason, but it's probably a lot. Uh, I mean, there's figure, some negative hey, impacts. Like, doesn't it supposedly shrink your balls and give you back knee and that kind of stuff? Yeah. But I mean, maybe those are things the woman finds out with out, finds out about after yeah. she's agreed. She's gone down the sort of path with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me that the woman would become more. And I've, I mean, I've, yeah, I've definitely read reports of women doing this. Like it's it's a little unusual for women to take steroids, right? But uh, the, the hormone replacement thing is more common. Yeah. I mean, all right. So maybe we should pivot to testosterone here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the same. Well... I think the side effects of testosterone are less well-known or at least less scare tactic publicized. Um, Like I know a lot of men take testosterone, especially as they age, and they all sort of report the same thing. The the person that I've heard talk about this the most is Andrew Sullivan. He's a writer. He writes for the New York Times and the Atlantic, and he has a blog post. Anyway, he's, he's gay and he started taking testosterone like decades ago and he's written extensively about how it makes him feel. And I think he gets an injection once a month or maybe it's once every two months. And he talks about for the first day or two after his injection, he has to be like pretty careful that if he's feeling uh, like angry about something that he like needs to not act on it because it might just be the hormones and that sort of mindfulness about hormonal fluctuation is not something that men typically have to deal with. And so his, I really, I really thought you were going to say that he has to like, he like sets his iPhone to block his grinder account. Yeah. I, I, he, no joke. I mean, he may have talked about that. I haven't, you know, I've just heard him talk about it, you know, briefly on a couple podcasts. Cause when he gets interviewed, people bring it up. Um, they bring up grinder. No, they bring up his openness to talking about hormone therapy. Okay. And, and his, what, and he just, it's because he got tested and he was low. I'm not sure. I think okay. he had HIV when he was younger or, well, he, he probably he, still has it. Yeah. <laughs> I think one person's been cured in the world of HIV, right? Or two right. now. Not many. Yeah. He's not one of those. Um, yeah, he contracted HIV, uh, I think in the late eighties or nineties or and late enough so that he was able to get on the cocktail that makes it so that it's not a, a death sentence anymore, but it might be related to something with that. I'm, I'm just not sure. Um, okay. But this notion that taking this sort of male hormone can induce higher sex drive, uh, more explorative, uh, sex seeking behavior and these kinds of things. It's, I mean, it, <laughs> Just from first principles, it just completely makes sense, right? Uh, and so when, when people, this, this person in this Reddit post has said, you know, his wife has gone sex crazy and, you know, two or three times a day for, for hours at a time and new kinks are showing up, there are massive amounts of anal. Uh, that, I, it's not terribly surprising to hear that reported. It's a little, the massive amounts of anal didn't, I didn't, I'm not sure where that's coming from. You think that, that must have been a kink she already had or an interest she already had, maybe, or she's just or, or using maybe up the, one hole. Maybe they're just explorative generally. 
Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, the things I can say about the testosterone thing are, let's see, one is that uh, there's a report you can find on the internet. Maybe it's multiple things that I've read where women talk about what it's like to have testosterone and uh, to take testosterone and that how it's sort of like a revelation because most women have never experienced that kind of sex drive. Like, like in some ways, women may not really have a sex drive in the way men do without enough testosterone. Mm -hmm. So like the argument being basically that this hormone is the thing that causes the sort of typical male behavior. Second thing I would say is that I have had testosterone before, like 10 plus years ago, more than 10 years ago, because I went and like had a checkup with the doctor and he's like, oh, your testosterone's low. And they like did this thing. And yeah, I felt, <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. I didn't get angry. Like the yeah. experience is like, like you're just like, Horny? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, you're like, uh, I got to look at porn all the time or something like that. It's like, it's really kind of a complicated situation. Um, so it, I didn't find it particularly useful uh, in that it, yeah, it just created this like sort of weird imbalanced uh, uh, experience for me. Yeah, I feel um, plenty horny and plenty, yeah, if it, micro it just made it all consuming every day it's yeah like, it's already yeah, I don't it's really, already consuming enough for me right like i'm not sure how a person could function it made it made it difficult to, a little bit difficult to function it was not great if, if my you experience to yep. simulate the female experience for a week would you would you i think i've experienced that before because like i I've, I've had my sex drive completely evaporate for various reasons oh like for example i just recently had um i took i had a a, a, a rash though i think is from incorrect levels of chemicals in my hot tub that I need to actually check today. <laughs> That's Not your newest theory. Okay. That's my newest theory. I thought I'd gotten poison oak, but I think it's that. And the reason why is that it's, it came back a couple of times when I just sat, I tested it basically. That seems and like anyway, a good the, Yeah. The doctor gave me prednisone, which is a steroid and it does knock out. It's like, it's a, it's not an anabolic steroid. It's the other kind that I don't remember okay. the name of. And, uh, it knocks out your sex drive. So this is an example. And so, yeah, it's basically huh. like just gone. You're like, oh yeah, I'm not. And I've had that happen. Um, yeah, and I know I know people get that on like heavy doses of SSRI. Certain yeah. SSRI antidepressants famously right. may lower your sex drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing I want to say about this, since we're toward the end of the show, is um, the other another point I would make is that look, steroids are connected with obviously men building more muscle and this kind of more animalistic behavior. Uh, that's the wrong way to put. It. Well, whatever. More more sort of aggressive, call it behavior. And testosterone is connected with something similar, more masculine characteristics, which also increases the sex drive. Um, and so, I you know, uh, I I think that's interesting evidence against people who would argue that there are no genetic biases for these behaviors either. Oh, right. It is probably the case that people who are more muscular, who born more muscular, have more steroids. And there's in other words, like like one thing. Um, I have a friend who says this sometimes, you know, you say, oh, you shouldn't be able to use steroids for the Olympics. And his argument is, well, I mean, what do you think those athletes, what do you think Michael Phelps has in his body? Like, why right. is he such a good swimmer? He has more right. steroids than you do, dumbass, right. or testosterone or whatever. Like everything's hormonal. And so, yeah, so, so, so point being, I think it's important to recognize that people are born with different levels of this stuff too. Um, and and, and, and you know why there's like, there are people who don't like the idea of that because then you could trace it to certain ethnic backgrounds or whatever and say, oh, these people are more violent. These people are stronger. These people are less strong. You know, you can, you know, connect that Venn diagram however you want. But I think it is true. There's a reality there that people 
yeah, are born with different levels of these things and, and, and men and women both. And so there are women who have higher sex drives maybe because they have more testosterone, right? And maybe they're more athletic or whatever. Right. Um, I, I remember going to uh, the house of a woman who was a lesbian. She was a fireman. She was huge. And I like she had a, a very high sex drive. She, I didn't, which I, I just talked to her anecdotally, but yeah. it was clear that she, there was something different about her. Okay. So maybe she had higher testosterone and you know, that's how it is. How it is. is there a situation where you would want to increase your sex drive? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to th- manufacture one for myself. Like, let's say I knew I was going to go to a desert Island with, you know, 20 co-eds, uh, and, and I'd be, and I was confident I'd be able to seduce them at will. Maybe in that circumstance, I'd want my sex drive to be higher for a week. I think but, as a guy, if you had unlimited access to sex, mm-hmm. compelling sex, something like that, mm-hmm. I think it would probably make your life happier if you could then increase your sex drive, right? Sort of to to match that. And so it doesn't have to be some crazy desert island. It could just be, look, you know, you could you could think to yourself and say, hey, I'd be the happiest if I had sex every other day or every day. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like my sex drive to be at that level, assuming the the supply is available. So I think yes, I would want to if the supply was available in okay, that but- way. Almost nobody has supply available in that way. And it, why isn't the corollary to that that almost everybody would want it lower? Oh, uh, because because that to, you, you, what you're saying is why don't people want to just match their sex drive to sex availability? Why is it that almost everybody wants their sex drive to be exactly what it is? There's some sort of like... Uh, I'm anchor, not sure that's true. bias or something. I'm not sure that's true. I've actually wondered before whether uh, there was a connection between young people taking massively increased amount of SSRIs and like the decrease in sex around mobile devices and people yeah. playing video games all the time. And I think to myself, like maybe, maybe they're these, less there's a bunch of 19-year-old men out there who are taking SSRIs just because they can't get sex. And they're like, well, at least I can nuke my sex drive and then play. Right. What is that that game the, the dorks play? Uh, Heroes of the Storm, I think it's called. <laughs> I've heard of that one, yeah. <laughs> all right but it makes sense you, know? you have anything else okay. you want to add here mike no all right that's it <laughs> all right that'll do it for this episode of your mileage may vary you can send us feedback or questions to ymmvpod at gmail.com that's ymmvpod at gmail.com we pay ten dollars for feedback so just let us know how you'd like to be paid if you don't want us to use your question on the show uh, let us know in the email as well thanks for your time and we will catch you next week on your mileage may vary Je fais et je viens Entre tes reins Je vais et je viens Je me gueule